0: So, time to read. Dear Barbara, By the way, I've started calling you Barbara, even though your mother has called in death threats each and every time I try to teach you how to say Barbara. She says it's a meaningless first word, but I think she's wrong. And plus, you can already say hi and mom, so fuck it. Today is December 29th, 2020. I had some time to write you this morning, but I probably won't read this letter until later on. It's your first week at daycare doing half days. It kind of gets you used to being without us, but honestly, you're so social that I think you prefer being around the kids. Oof, what a whirlwind of a week it's been. We had your first birthday, Christmas with the Chileans, Christmas with the whiteys, all in the span of a few days. This year, we stayed at home due to public health orders, but normally we all would have been surrounded by our family and friends during this time. By the time you actually hear this, I'm sure it'll be harder to understand the idea of not being with anyone, not even family, during the holidays. All that being said, we figured, you're a tiny-ass baby who's smart as shit, but not smart enough to remember her first birthday anyways, so we figured we'd just do our part as good citizens or whatever, and stay home. Thank the lordy for technology, though, because we were actually able to quote-unquote hang with everyone over FaceTime and social media, so that was nice. So far, writing to you has been my favorite part of the week. I'm not sure if it's because I'm just boring as shit these days as an old fat dad, or if it's because I really enjoy sitting down and reflecting on the time that I've spent with you in the week prior. It's one thing to think, we all think, all the time, but it's a whole other exercise to do a deep dive into all these different moments that you could have done better That you did okay at, or that you nailed perfectly. Writing has always been sort of your dad's best method of expressing himself. Also, you'll have to get used to your dad talking in the third person sometimes. I just think it sounds better on paper in certain instances. In other instances, I'll speak to you as I am me. Your first birthday was beautiful. You enjoyed a crazy cake, the toys you got, and the attention. For your mom, I think it may have been a little bit stressful, as she isn't a technology person. FaceTiming the family as we opened your presents may have felt a bit overwhelming. For me, it wasn't as bad, but I understand the way she felt. A part of us just wanted to be with you in the moment, as we celebrated a life-changing year for all of us. In some instances, we were. And in others, we gave those moments to the rest of our family, whose lives have also been changed because of you. It was nice. We felt very lucky to have such a loving family, and of course, to have each other. There's just something about you that's so captivating for all of us adults as we watch you discover things like your earlobes or how to put a circle block in the circle hole. I try all the time to figure it out, and I think the only hypothesis that I can draw is that you somehow, without speaking, remind us all to slow down and enjoy a moment of doing nothing. You're always so content and happy. It trips me out because I'm such a shitshow in my own head sometimes. My goal with these letters that I write to you is to help you understand who your father is and that he's everything but perfect. And hopefully that's okay. This is only letter number two and writing to you has already forced me to confront the things that I feel most vulnerable about. Things like my emotions, my feelings, and my own ego. If you don't know what having an ego means, it's basically just like the shitty little person that sits on everyone's shoulders and tells them how much better they are than everyone else as long as they follow directions. And if they don't, then their future's fucked. By now, you must already know that dad's a bit profane. Not overly, but like a little bit of average. Sorry, that was my impression of an auto-trader commercial that you'll never see because they pulled it off the air because people like me made fun of it. If memes are a thing of the past by now, Google it. And if Googling's the thing of the past by now, then I guess just forget it altogether. Jesus. I digress. The point that I was trying to make before that train got derailed was this. I want you to know who I am, the type of person that I am, the many layers of fat dad. And that involves coming face to face with my own self in ways that I've thought about doing, but have never actually done. I'm so problematic in so many ways, and I think that's okay. That's what makes us human. Nobody is perfect, and I think that's an extremely important thing to understand as you grow into your own person. It will help you understand mistakes and ultimately forgiveness. I think forgiveness is a superpower. Once you learn how to forgive, you learn how to be okay with everything that happens to you in your life, whether it be self-inflicted or at the hands of someone else. You'll always have the power to forgive, grow, and move along experiencing the vibrancy of life in every moment, good or bad. Christmas was nice. It's weird because you're only one, but you've had two Christmases already. And you're even more lucky as a girl that comes from a series of broken homes. You've technically had like four Christmases. (laughs) Ah, dark humor. Something your mom and dad revel in. Sometimes things are so bad and hurt so much that for us, laughing is the only way to make us feel better. I'm sure by the time you've heard this, you've already participated in an orphan joke or two with mom. And even though it probably makes your insides fall apart when you say it to her, for some reason it makes her laugh and despite the horror of everyone else in the world, if they were to hear something so off-putting, sharing a laugh with mom is much more fulfilling than trying to please the world. We'll come back to this I'm sure, because if there's one thing I've learned in my lifetime, it's that even though your intentions might always mean well, you can still hurt people with your words. And although it's impossible to know the who, what, where, when, and why of it all, it doesn't hurt to at least be mindful of this. On Christmas Day, your mom de-gizzarded a turkey and cooked the shit out of it. And we had a very peaceful Christmas evening together. Grandma Benj cooked up some pierogies and dropped them off for us. And it was so weird wearing a mask around your own family. It's actually kind of annoying and shitty. But I at least feel proud that our family is caring enough to want to do something that sucks for all of us as individuals, even when no one is watching. It goes to show how wholesome our family is. As you get older, I think you'll come to appreciate that a lot. We are unfathomably lucky to have a family as loving as ours all the way around, from the Latinos to the Caucasians. Love is a language we all speak together. Besides all the special occasions, this week was a big one. For the first time ever, your mom and I are leaving you in the care of someone else. I probably took this the hardest. Your mom honestly just needs a mental break as you've been sucking on her teat for hundreds of days and she's picked up the bulk of the bullshit that comes with having a newborn baby. I've spent a lot of time working, but since this year's been a little weird, I've been working from home, which means that anytime I need a break from the bore of the monotonous day at work, I can walk down the stairs and squeeze the shit out of you, much to your chagrin. You hate cuddling or being trapped in the embrace of anyone besides your mother but I do it anyways because I'm a selfish asshole and I need to kiss you all over your fat head in order to survive. It's a crazy circle of life, to be honest. Mom gives you life with her sweet boobs. You give me life with your besitos. And I replenish mom's energy by shoveling the walk and fixing the electrical panel. And the cycle repeats. It's beautiful. Again, I digress. Sorry about all this, Barb. It's how my week's been. It was tough on your old man to let someone else care for you. It's been such a joy being so involved in your every day. And I have so much confidence in your mother's ability to do whatever it takes to keep you smiling every day. It was kind of hard to give that up. I cried. Mom cried too. You make me an emotional pussy-ass wimpy man. And I'm okay with it. It feels good to feel so many things. I'm just going to miss the experience of spending all of my spare energy and all of my free time, on you. It's truly been the greatest experience I've ever had in my life. And I have hiked Machu Picchu with 10 pounds of diarrhea in my pants. So that's saying a lot. I will never forget this past year that your mom and I devoted entirely to you. It changed us. Forever. On the other side of that coin, however, you've been going to daycare for half days and I've never had so much time in my life. Mom and I drove around just because we were bored as shit, had some deadly morning dawns breakfast together without your whiny ass, cuddled, and watched a horror movie. It was fucking deadly, but I wish someone would have told us about daycare sooner. Okay, I'm kidding. While it was nice, it was nowhere near as nice as cuddling with your mom after a long day of keeping you alive. I can imagine that we're going to go through a number of these different getting older milestones with you like birthdays, school, heartbreaks, and all of the other happenstances. They'll probably be bittersweet like everything else I've experienced in parenthood thus far. It's bittersweet that you can move now and I can no longer just set you down in a cupboard and forget about you for a couple hours while I play FIFA on PS4. It's bittersweet that you now have intelligence. That once football with eyes is now a smart little girl that has a deeper level of concentration on performing tasks than both her parents combined. Just the other day, for 13 minutes straight, you were fixated on extracting the credit cards out of my wallet. You didn't quit until you did it. It was a beautiful thing to watch and kind of crazy to think that at even one year old. I can already tell you're not a quitter. But if you ever need sound advice on how to get dad's credit card, perhaps your mother is the person to ask. She's a pro. It's bittersweet that you're old enough to interact and engage with people and no longer require our assistance. It's bittersweet that in just one year all of this has happened and it already feels like your mother and I are learning how to let go of you a little bit at a time as you develop and become your own person. It's all just bittersweet. Because while I've never felt a sense of pride anywhere near watching you grow at your own pace into this unique flower, I've never felt such difficulty in letting it all go. It's the famous dichotomy that you always hear in movies and songs. If you love something, let it go. A part of me grapples with that every day. Because I love you so much, I never want to let you go. I've felt all these emotions before numerous times throughout my life, but never with such deep intensity. I worry harder. I smile wider. I cry uglier. I sleep deeper. I dream of next year when we can watch our favorite movie together while we all snuggle on the couch with popcorn. But simultaneously, I dread letting go of helping you put your circle block back in its circle hole. I suppose I can conclude at least one thing so far in my one-year tenure as Fat Dad. And it's actually drawing on one of my favorite scenes of an old TV show that I used to watch called Louie. But it's this. Any person... Who gets to feel any kind of these extreme forms of feelings, be it joy, anger, heartache, should feel incredibly lucky. And I'll do everything in my power to never take a single moment with you for granted, even the shitty ones. Until next time, me.